Dig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. Well, hello and welcome to HR After Hours, the only HR podcast to quote Moliere and Alfred E. Newman in the same episode. <laughs> what? Me worry? <laughs> Hannah Hampton, H squared, my partner in crime, my sister from another mister. How the heck are you doing today? I am good. And I love the fact that Alfred E. Newman, because I think we both discovered recently, we both love Mad Magazine and recent subscribers. I don't want to say recent subscribers because I let mine lapse, but I Oh my God, I let mine lapse too. And I'm actually looking for one with the, the cover still on it so I can yeah. resubscribe. Oh, so, I love it. I love it. Yeah. But yes, I was pleasantly surprised and fell in love with you even a little more <laughs> when you admitted that you too subscribed to Mad Magazine. I mean, it's very nostalgic to me. As a kid, I, my dad used to buy Mad Magazine for us. He'd also do like the weekly world news, all the like parody papers. So it's just, it's so nostalgic to me and it's funny. I love, co- I love comedy. Certainly a nice parody magazine, cracked, all that good stuff. Love it. Nostalgia. So let me ask you, you let your Mad Magazine subscription expire. Do yeah. you please subscribe to any actual periodicals? Not anymore. I, you know, I <laughs> I have an online subscription to the Wall Street Journal, which I know is kind of, I don't want to say surprising, maybe, but I really enjoy that paper for some reason. I love so, that you're a Wall Street Journal reader. And I was like, man, I used to dig USA Today. I was all about McPaper. Keep so it short, keep it concise, get to the point. My ADD's on fire. No, so that's my that's my thing is the Wall Street Journal. I don't, I used to be a big magazines person back in like pre, you know, pre-smartphone. Like I would get all the like crappy entertainment mags, like Us Weekly and People. I was a time subscriber. I did Cosmo. I subscribed to Vogue when, when I was younger. It was 17, Teen Magazine, YM, Sassy. I was all about magazines back in the day, but at this point, everything's digital. So that's what I stick with. How about you? What do you, what do you subscribe to? Currently, I think we only get two magazines. Oh, no, we get three. My wife does get Magnolia Table or Magnolia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I also found a, a magazine I got for my wife that I read, the, and it's just art, and it's called Broccoli. It's a more geared towards women, but it's actually a uh, hemp magazine. So it's really about the different uses of, of hemp and marijuana, but the art, very, it's a beautiful magazine. I get a magazine called Whalebone. Heard of that. Yeah, it's a Long Island magazine. Yeah, so I still get some paper periodicals. I will get mad again. Yeah, I was like you. My dad subscribed to everything growing up. So Wall Street Journal, Rolling Stone, Time. Didn't get the the Peoples and the Us Weeklies. That was never my thing. That's what MTV was for. I'd watch MTV News instead. I was obsessed with those. And I used to travel a lot for work. So I would always have my magazines. And then Eventually, I decided I'm like the better use of my time was actually to read a book versus like shitty magazines. And all you can find on my my celebrity gossip online at like PerezHilton.com, which I I, I always read <laughs> Perez Hilton online when he yeah. was so fat. It was so different back then. It was there. I mean, there's so many, but Perez was kind of my main celebrity gossip source. Which yeah, I don't I know like- if I should admit it, but I'm going to admit it because it's it is it, it is what it is. And it's funny because people like you and I who get into something before anyone else, then we turn around and say things like, well, I don't really read Perez Hilton that much anymore. I think he was much more on point when he was fat. Well, you know, and I have to disagree with that. 
I actually, so I follow him on Instagram and I have to say he's become kinder as he's become a parent and older. Well, it was probably a little more real info back in the day. And I bet you're probably a little right. I feel like he, he like, he doesn't show celebrity kids anymore and he's mindful about what he's posting versus just, I think, trying to make a name for himself, which he did. Good for him. He's got a podcast that he does. I mean, but, and I think he's writing, wrote a book, writing book, maybe. I don't know. And uh, yeah. There you are. We're not as smart as everyone thinks we are. And so <laughs> I think we'll even reaffirm that with our first topic, this is an interesting article I found on Ooh. NPR Online. It's written by Juliana Kim. I think it was November 6th. The headline really makes the story for me. And it just says, the National Park Service wants humans to stop licking this toad. <laughs> this reminds me of an old episode of The Family Guy where everyone was licking toads. And I'm telling you, Family Guy is years ahead. in mm-hmm. I think Seth MacFarlane has a time machine. But let's talk about this. So it says, go into almost any park, and there's often reminders to refrain from going near, petting, or feeding wildlife. Yeah. Not licking strange animals was simply a given until now. The National Park Service has asked that people stop licking the Sonoran Desert Toad. This this is something that actually has become a trend. They say, as we say with most things you come across in the National Park, whether it's a banana slug, unfamiliar mushroom, or large toad with glowing eyes in the dead of night, please <laughs> refrain from licking. And they actually, that's a direct quote off their Facebook page. But this toad's also known as the Colorado River Toad. It's about seven inches inside and carries a weak, low-pitched rivet sound. Okay. Far from harmless, secretes a potent toxin that can make people sick if they touch it, or even it's poisonous if it gets in their mouth, according to the National Park Service. And that toxic secretion is known as... 5-MeO-DMT. In recent years, smoking the amphibian secretions has grown in popularity so much that the species is even considered threatened, at least in Mexico, because people are using it as drug use. Mike Tyson has spoken about using this in therapy, and they are starting to explore the therapeutic benefits, and they're starting to do that with a lot of hallucinogens, and that's Mm -hmm. another topic we'll talk about. It even says... President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, has written about using 5-me-o-dmt therapy as a form of addiction treatment. Well, I've, I've read a little bit about like different like mushrooms and different halluc- like different hallucinogens that help people kick opioids. So it's not a huge surprise. You know, it's not, it's not a huge surprise, but I'm sorry, I digress. Go on. No, that's really it. So it's basically people are just trying to naturally find this uh, hallucinogen. You know, remember, we do have some cities in one state where mushrooms are now legal. Colorado that just happened. Colorado. Oh, did Colorado pass it? Okay, so now it's Oregon and Colorado. I knew there were some just cities that passed it. It's for and, medicinal, medicinal use. Like, yeah. But it's not, it's decriminalized. So if like, if you grew some in Colorado and used it for personal, like recreational use, you wouldn't get thrown into jail, which, you know, I think that's great to dec- decriminalize things. But they're, they're, the focus is more on medicinal usages, you know, help kick opioids, help whatever other things it does, which I don't, I'm not an expert. I've only read a little bit. So certainly 
you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt, but that just happened in Colorado. There is a big trend in uh, using ketamine. They hook you up in an IV under a psychiatrist's care. Basically, they walk you through like a like a spirit guide or whatever. Supposedly, some people, it has really allowed them to have huge breakthroughs, and not just with addiction, with abuse and different things. But at the end of the day, I think the moral of the story is don't lick a frog. Don't look a frog. You know, and I will say that this, it's its not surprising to me because before we were even born, uh, you'd buy a vacuum cleaner that plugged into the wall and there wasn't a warning on it. Like, don't use in the bathtub. And so people do things and then warnings have to be created um, to help make sure that people don't misuse items and get hurt or even killed. So not a big surprise as we continue to have more and more warning signs on things. So people out there don't don't lick frogs. I don't get why people would just randomly go out into nature and lick things, but <laughs> Exactly. And I feel like I would be doing a disservice if I if I did not give the details on the Family Guy episode which was originally released in June 6th of 2000. So 20 over 22 years ago he did an episode about kids licking toads. And that episode's called Let's Go to the Hop, Family Guy, release date June 6, 2000. Again, yeah. Seth MacFarlane, I think you could uh, maybe find some better uses for your time machine. Look around you. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, <laughs> but... Well, maybe this was, you know, not to Dr. Strange you, but maybe this is the best of all of the, you know, however millions of options that Seth had to look at. I'm going to Dr. Strange you on that. <laughs> all right. We do have HR in our title, so I guess we should do something oh, no, HR-ish. <laughs> kid, I kid. It's, just, it's been a busy week, so I'm just like, oh, no. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, let's talk about HR. I think that's what our listeners are well, what do you got for us? If any of our listeners have not pressed stop and gone about to find a real HR podcast, Hannah Hampton, what do you have for us this week? Don't go, don't go, don't leave us. No, um, I found an article that I, I thought would be a good kind of fodder for us to discuss. So it's from HR Dive, which we've mentioned so many times on our podcast. I love HR Dive. It's one of my favorites. Caroline Colvin uh, had written an article called HR is More Worried About Retention Than Hiring. Data suggests, so it talks a bit about in 2021, 40% of HR professionals surveyed by Lattice said talent acquisition was a priority over the next 12 months. Now for 2022, only 17% of respondents said the same. So people are less uh, focused on hiring and more focused on um, employee engagement, learning and development and just overall retention of employees, which not too surprising to me as we've all been talking about the great resignation. You know, we're in an interesting time. So I feel like with the economy where it's at, with talks of recession, with tech going through a lot of layoffs, like big tech companies, I feel like that that is, it's smart to, okay, I've got these great people, let's hold on to them. What are your initial thoughts of, about this topic? So I, I think there's a couple different ways to look at this topic. I'm going to go the more practical route because I had a pretty rough couple of weeks at work as well. And yeah. so my brain's a little mushy. It's kind of a no shit Sherlock type of article in <laughs> one in one retrospect. Aww. Basically, Talent acquisition was a top priority. 
to stop the hemorrhaging. We all knew that the economy was in trouble and we're starting to get more true facts because you know, at one point we're really just concerned with the lack of resources and we can't make chips for your cars. We can't do this. Mm -hmm. We can't do that. So you knew that this was going to have a ripple effect on jobs, because if you don't have the parts to do the, you know, that you need to, to do the job, then you're not going to need the people. Yeah. It, well, yeah, no, no. And I, I think I want you to bring up also a different, like a different example. Cause I feel like that that's just one industry, but like, um, Stripe, which I feel like lots of HR uh, blogs and podcasts have talked about it. Stripe had a major layoff in their uh, credit card processing company. And what what was special about their layoff is how well they did it. As much as layoffs suck, uh, they did a really good job at it. We're not going to talk about it here. But, you know, I think a lot of companies, the pandemic uh, moved a lot of uh, a lot of things online. And so a lot of companies boomed from that, you know, online credit card processing. Let's get real. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. People were bored, so they just went online. And as we know, in 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 a capitalist society, these businesses, it's all about growth, year-over-year year growth. And now that people spent two years like just sitting online, shopping online, entertaining themselves online, now people are kind of back to reality. And these forecasted numbers, like you're not going to grow anymore. If people are kind of blessing that online time. People are not using the internet like they did at the peak of the pandemic. It's, it's a crazy, it's just a crazy world that we're in right now. It's, and I think the recession, a lot of companies are scared of it. So like they're preemptively like planning for this by letting people go, which if you've ever worked in an industry that with uh, peaks and valleys, uh, you know, you wonder how long until they have to rehire everybody back. <laughs> well, they're going to. I mean, that's the whole thing is, you know, that's a perfect example, though. You talk about all the online companies that blew up mm -hmm. because of the pandemic. And then, yeah, some people still like to go into stores and shop. There was almost this overcorrection yeah. taking place. And it's funny, as you and I were having a completely different conversation as we were preparing to record, just talking about nostalgia in general. And as you get older, well, I think the, uh, our country and I think the world as well is getting kind of going through this weird and it's still hard to say post pandemic. So, yeah. you know, it's this weird new normal, you know, just kind of everyone's figuring out mm -hmm. what's important to them or they're missing the things that they did not do during the pandemic or the height of the pandemic. But like a perfect example is Zoom, you know, Zoom was a part of not only business and school. Yeah. And, and of course, now you don't want to use it for school unless you have to at the you know, up through high school level. I always thought Zoom and similar platforms are great for college. You get to this point where, well, first off, not, you know, every, most of the kids are, are all back in school. So yeah. you don't have this usage of Zoom for education. The people that were using Amazon for everything, now they're going out and they're Christmas shopping again this year. And if you remember in one of our podcasts, I talked about how I was making this effort to have this nostalgic holiday. So it would have been at least three years ago. And I was talking about going out and trying to shop for people's gifts because mm -hmm. I've been I've purchased Christmas gifts online for 15 years. Sure. So I made this big thing and I went out to stores and it, I had a miserable experience. 
almost <laughs> everywhere. And, and this was before the labor shortage. So I was just like, well, that sucked. Even now, I went to the, I went furniture shopping last week and I hit five stores in an hour and a half. And now I'm picking the, the accent pieces and I've got three different websites where this afternoon, my wife and I are going to look at about 25 different chairs mm-hmm. all online. We're not going to step foot into a store. Uh, because I went there, I did it. I think with the sofa and the chase and the big pieces, you do kind of need to at least measure and really see if it's as comfortable as it looks. But now I'm on accent pieces and I'm like, I don't want to drive to 20 shops today. So the, the things that we didn't use as much are back in play so that we had to hemorrhage the bleeding there to make sure we didn't have the drastic labor shortage. And then in things like restaurants and retail as well, People have finally become acclimated to not getting the quality of service when stores had, let's say, seven people running around the floor. Now they have three people become used to it. So now that company can change its labor model and run with five and make the the customer feel like they're getting this amazing experience because they're used to three. But before, maybe the company did seven or eight during the holiday season. So there's all these changes. And then you just have these big public companies. Everyone's a number. It's just about productivity and throughput and sales. Yeah. These are companies that were laying off before the recession. You know, perfect example, Walmart's fulfillment centers. You know, when I was in that industry for just a couple of years, I watched Walmart go through massive layoffs and massive hiring three times in two years. Yeah. Wow. And then I remember that made me think about back in my hospitality recruiting days. And in the Midwest, there was a company, there's a company called Caterpillar, which is big tractors and everything. And I would get these candidates that would work for Caterpillar in Peoria, Illinois. And they'd work there for like seven years. And then they'd be, they were a restaurant manager for two. And then they went back to Caterpillar for three. Then they were a restaurant manager for a year. Then they were back at Caterpillar Now they were looking in restaurants again, and every time it was the company would do these massive layoffs, and then these people would know that they would get their job back anywhere from six months to three years later. Wow. And that had become their lifestyle. And they were okay with that? They They were were okay with it. That's insane to me. I I do think Caterpillar is by far the largest employer in Peoria, Illinois, at least in that time. I'm sure they probably are now. But yeah, that was just a way of life. That was a simple Midwestern way of life. When I could- that's, that's really sad to me because I, I mean, I'm not, I know that it's stupid for me to think this is not kind of how it was 30, 40 years ago where you, you started a job after college and you stayed there until you retired. I know that's not the world anymore. However, like treating people as expendable as that to me, just it dehumanizes. And I know we always like to talk about putting the human back in human resources, but uh, that really dehumanizes people. And I feel like uh, after a certain amount of time, I don't think I'd want to go back because I would feel like I was so just disposable, uh, you know, that it's, it's, I don't know. I, 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 to me, I feel like that that's, I don't know. That's a little. That's a little sad to me, and that's not the world. And then you know, and of course, there's all the the things on the back end. Like, how does that affect your retirement? Uh, you know, depending on on what kind of a program they had. Uh, but I feel like that that's sad. And then also, it's unfair to the other companies if you're trying to retain your employees, but they're just there biding their time until they can go back to their preferred employer. It seems a little like the rebound. <laughs> 
no. you're a rebound company. You are Gen X, but you're you're on that end where you're also you got some millennial qualities. I don't think the millennials will ever subscribe to that type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, even as a Gen Xer, you still had part of your parents' boomer traits. Whether you liked it or not, and some of them you would try so hard to shed and some of them successfully. But I that's what I love about millennials and Zers. I love Zers. I love the fact that they're like, well, just because you did something stupid doesn't mean I have to do something stupid. I feel like Gen Zers are the the fuck around and find out generation. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I think if I asked, if I sat down with a 23-year-old, or let's say a senior in college, yeah, and just explained the Caterpillar and the Walmart business models of these massive layoffs and rehires, I don't think a single one of them would be like, oh, yeah, then you just go back when it's time. Yeah, they'd all be like, fuck those guys. Yeah. And that's where companies need to wise up as you have a need for the Gen Y and the Gen Z labor market you're going to find out that they aren't as forgiving because they are willing to pack up and try something new somewhere else. A well, lot that's going to be, that's going to be a hard change because I feel like, you know, these companies, and this is capitalism for you, these companies are, they are working for their shareholders. And if they're trying to make their numbers look better by cutting headcount you know, cutting the costs by cutting people so that the numbers look better, so the shareholders are happy. Um, that's a big change. Like, how how do you go about, you know, keeping your employees happy and your shareholders happy when that's how you were keeping them happy was just by by hacking off that that headcount, which it's again, it, it's just really sad for the employees. And you know, going through a layoff, it's not just about okay, I don't have a job, but it's hard on your mental health. It's, it's devastating. Like folks, folks struggle with it. It's not an easy thing to experience. Like to me, I feel like that there's so many factors to just like, okay, you don't have a job with this anymore. Good luck. Or here's your package. But there, there's even more that the companies need to be aware of on just how, how devastating it can be. You would want to move on to a company that you feel is going to, to look at you like a human and not like headcount that just can be chopped. The businesses aren't going to figure it out until we make them figure it out. Right, so that right. that's why this is my call. That to, was my point. I know, but you were putting it in <laughs> such an eloquent and almost naive way. Mm-hmm. But but it, it, here it is. Businesses, if you don't listen to the labor markets, specifically Y and Z, you're idiots. It'll go beyond resources shortages and labor shortages. I am begging Gen Y and Z to never return to any of these companies when they lay you off. Tell them why when like, they call you back. And then eventually these companies will learn. Like that, Twitter. Who's yeah. going to go back to Twitter? That's it. I mean, while, if, while Elon Musk is the CEO, who's going to go back to that? If you want to make change in, and I do think right after I retire is when we'll see the three and the four day work week go into place, but I'm not going to be bitter about it. I will be bitter. about it. <laughs> but what I'm, I'm already bitter about it. I am already bitter, but in all honesty, revel in the day when the, the, the younger labor force says no to these companies and forces them to change their business model. They're, 
are already companies that are doing this. I mean, all you have to do is either Google four day work week or the 10 or sorry, 180, 100 model, where it's like a hundred percent. And I would have to Google it. It's been a long time since I looked at it, but hundred percent productivity, 80% of the time. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's like companies are saying like, yeah, people are going to be, they're more productive uh, for many reasons. And a lot of companies that are trying this model are not losing, they're not losing productivity. Uh, yeah, oh, no, and we're right there. And you and I have been definitely ringing that bell a lot in the last year. Yeah. 100% pay, 80% time. So you're not cutting pay. You're just cutting time with the commitment that people are going to still give you that productivity. And people are doing it. Why? Because that's the human brain. Like the human, like you can't, you, you sit at your desk for eight hours. You're not going to be productive that entire eight hours because your brain's just not programmed to be that way. No, and that's why the businesses have bent to that. And it's happening very quickly. And I I actually know uh, Chick-fil-A is going with the, the three-day business model. But so th- the problem but is that it's, it's still 40 hours. Like that's the difference. There, people are working like 16-hour days or 14-hour days, which I think that's unsustainable as well. That's a really long day. Like that was, I read that article and, and why that's different. It's, it's still 40 hours. Like the whole kind of four-day work week is not 40 hours and four days. It's a 32-hour work week. It's different companies are trying different things. I know a company is doing four 11 and a half hour days in hospitality. But the whole thing is that is yeah, that is something like, that's not the purpose of it. It's the, the fact like what the, the true kind of four day work week is, is get doing more with less time. Like I know I've known a lot of people for years who've done four day work weeks and it's 10 hour days. That's fine. But that's not the crux of what this new work working uh, week would be. It's a four days still with eight hour days. It's a 32 hour work week. And and I think that is the first step. But that mm-hmm. but we've got to get these companies to realize that we're not going to go back to them if you let mm-hmm. us go. And neither you neither yeah. one of us have ever returned to a company after we've left because you don't. You move on. Breaking the cycle of these companies that have been doing it for 25, 30 years that some of the, you know, some of our listeners are, whose parents worked for these companies mm-hmm. in this cycle, we got to make sure that they don't allow that circle, that cycle to become part of their life. And you've just got to tell these companies, if you're going to do massive layoffs, don't expect us to come back, you know, like, oh, yay, now you'll see me again. It's like the guy or girl that's in the relationship that gets dumped every six months and then, oh, they're taking me back. Why would you go back to that? Stay but away from them. Thing, make them learn that you're one, one and I done. Want you to, I want you to think about because you live in a much a, a big city where there's where there's jobs aplenty. And you think about Peoria. Peoria is big, but it's not that big. I mean, it's bigger than most small towns, but sometimes when there's only one or two, you know, big companies in that place, that's your only option. So sometimes I feel like that's why people go back is because there's not a lot of options. It's easy for us to preach, like, don't go back, you know, but sometimes it's like, well, either I go back or I I got nothing or I take a a 50% pay cut. So, you know, I would say rather than let's, let's just say, you know, try to try to make the employer feel bad because they're always going to be able to well not always but they they can find people who will want those jobs especially if they're well-paying if they're decent hours 
but like hold on to your people let's treat people like human beings and not treat them as disposable as like replaceable like be better to your humans because if you treat people with respect and dignity and give them opportunities and and ha- you know have a good work environment they're going to stick around and they're going to you're going to retain people like you can't treat your employees like shit and then act surprised when people don't stick around well then here's here's where i think we attack it from a different front it's up to us as the consumer to punish the companies that act that way as well absolutely so yeah a lot know. of people a lot of people have uh, have deactivated their twitter accounts because they were pissed off about um, how Elon Musk came in and, and decided to to act. And I, I know a ton of people who, uh, you know, have decided to deactivate their Twitter accounts to, to, sh- to show like, hey, uh, we're not aligned with this. And yeah, I think I feel like it, it is as a consumer, you do have a lot of power, but the power is going to be more in numbers. But hey, it just starts with one. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we need to expose the companies that that have these kind of business practices. We've got to find ways to educate the consumer on the business practices of the the companies that do these type of things and then let the consumer make that choice with their money. That's another one where I I commend Gen Y and Z and X too. I mean, we're now at the point where a lot of us are have more expendable income mm-hmm. that we need to vote with our dollar over best business practices and be vocal when we do it. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're going to not use a company's services or goods because of their people practices, make sure you tell them that. Take a picture of the product you bought from their competitor, shoot them an email and say, this is why I shop this, this brand. Flex your knowledge, your morals and your ethics with both mm-hmm. your spending power but also do it whenever possible as a team member. Don't go back to work for the company if you can find an alternative and let yeah. them know why you didn't go back. Don't sell yourself short. Don't assume that's the only place you can be successful. Hannah, I think you made a very valid point about how geographics come into play. Yeah. And, and you are right. There are people there that are like, that's really great and easy for you to say, Mick. You know, I live here and this is where I'm going to be for a while because of the school system or whatever it is. That's unfortunate, but I I respect that as well. And I think that this is another argument to always keep your resume polished, always update your resume and and don't wait until you have to have a resume to, you know, don't wait to get laid off or to be frustrated to the point. Like always have. And I know that this is kind of against, hey, we want to retain our employees because you don't want people to think about leaving. But I, I, I live in reality and always have a polished resume ready to go. You just never know when an opportunity can knock on your door. So I, I am, I, I'm all about loyalty, but I also feel like at the end of the day, you have to be the most loyal to yourself and do what's best for you and your family and you know whatever is the most important to you in your life. So if you haven't looked at your resume in a couple of years, I challenge you to go, uh, you know, dust it off and think about the things that you've worked on over the past couple of years and 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 get it get it up to date, get it polished, and get it ready because you just never know. Absolutely, and don't sell yourself short. I mean, if you were able to work your way up at one company in a certain industry, you may be able to do it somewhere else. Yes, you have to look out for your family first. The one thing that I learned during the pandemic and a lot of people I've spoken to about it is that a lot of people learned that they could live with less. That mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't need to spend as much and they didn't need to buy just for the sense of buying or put themselves in debt. Practicality may determine 
that you have more options than you thought you did in the first place. So look at what's really important to you, make a list, and then determine, you know, if you need to go back. That company that looks at you is, is solely a number in the equation of throughput and maximizing profits. You know, that's why I like I kind of prefer a small company to a large company. I feel less like a number. I feel more like I have more control of, you know, inputs and 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 people know me as a human and not as Employee number two, five, five, six, seven, eight, two. <laughs> exactly. With that being said, ultimately, we want to work for the companies that put the human back in human resources. Yeah. Put yourself first whenever possible in a non-selfish way. But <laughs> I, I think the big thing is just don't sell yourself short. Absolutely. I agree with that. Hannah Hampton, always a pleasure. Have a great day.